Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews Podcast. On this episode, we will be discussing and reviewing A Quiet Place. To read more of our reviews and listen to our podcasts, go to lcamoviereviews.com. This episode will contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. And now, here are your hosts for this episode, Mike Winkler and Alistair Engelhart. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment Reviews podcast. Mike Winkler here again with... Hey, Alistair Engelhart. All right. It's good to have you back, Alistair. I'm enjoying these podcasts. And we got a really good one for you all today. We decided to go back and we're going to do the uh, the first Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which we just uh, got, got news uh, recently that the sequel has been officially scheduled for September. Which date did you say, Mike? September 4th. September 4th. All right. So mm-hmm. mark it on your calendars, folks. Yes. Very excited. I'm glad that they finally got a like a date set in place so we can get this sequel out. Cause I was really excited for this back in March. Mm-hmm. All right, Alistair, well, give us the, uh, give us the plot synopsis and let us know what we're getting into here. Sure. Okay. Yep. So this is, uh, this is straight from Wikipedia uh, in case you want to reference it later on. Um, so throughout the year of 2020, most of Earth's human and animal populations have been annihilated by sightless extraterrestrial creatures. Uh, the creatures which attack anything that makes noise have, hypersensitive hearing, and indestructible armored skin. Uh, The Abbott family, who actually go unnamed during the film, um, the wife's name is Evelyn, husband is Lee, um, there's a deaf daughter, Regan, and the sons are Marcus and Bo. Uh, They're silently scavenging for supplies in a deserted town when the the film opens. While out in the open, the family communicates with ASL and um, goes barefoot. Um, four-year-old Bo is drawn to a battery-powered space shuttle toy, uh, but Lee, the father, takes it away due to the noise it would make. Uh, Regan returns the toy to Bo, uh, who also takes the batteries that his father removed from it. And Bo activates the toy, unfortunately, when the family's walking home and crossing a bridge, giving away his location to a nearby creature um, that then sadly kills him. Uh, before, yeah, before Lee can save him. Um over a year later, uh, Regan struggles. Uh, Regan, the daughter, um, struggles with guilt over her brother's death, um, and we'll see throughout. You know, you'll see throughout the film how that that guilt continues to impact her and her relationship with her father, specifically. Very much um, so. Evelyn enters the final stages of pregnancy, um, and Lee fruitlessly tries to make radio contact with the outside world. Uh, Lee attempts to upgrade Reagan's cochlear implant with scavenged miniature amplifiers to restore hearing, but the devices are are uh, ineffective. Uh, later, Lee takes Marcus to a nearby river with a large waterfall to teach him to fish while Reagan visits Bo's memorial. Lee explains to Marcus that they're safe from the creatures in the presence of louder and constant noise sounds as the sounds mask over their voices and do, uh, don't attract the creatures. Um, Marcus then reveals that Reagan blames herself for Bo's death and needs her father to tell her that he still loves her. 
Um, so while this is going on, Evelyn's back at the house going into labor uh, while making her way to their basement. She accidentally steps on an exposed nail uh, mm. with her right foot. Um, in pain, she drops a, a glass picture frame, which alerts a nearby creature. Um, and she flips a switch for these red exterior lights uh, as a danger signal to the others and struggles to remain silent during her contractions. Again, one, one of the more tense uh, oh, moments yeah. in the in the entire movie. Um, I even knew what was what was going to happen the second time I was watching, and I was still really on the edge of my seat as I was as I was rewatching it. Very uh, scene. Arriving at the farm and seeing the lights, Lee uh, instructed Marcus to set off fireworks as a diversion. Um, and once he gets to the house, Lee finds Evelyn hiding in the bathroom with their newborn son, and uh, along with her, uh, makes his way to their improvised uh, soundproof basement. Um, after making sure she's safe, he leaves to find the other children, promising Evelyn he'll protect them. Um, and then Evelyn then falls asleep, but soon wakes to discover that the barn basement is flooded with water from a broken pipe and that a creature has found its way inside the basement hideaway. Uh, it's just like when it, when it rains, it, it pours. Exactly. <laughs> thing, thing after thing after thing. Yeah. Um, and Reagan, hurrying back to the farm, takes... Um, this is the daughter again. She she takes refuge atop a grain sile with Marcus, her brother, lighting a fire to alert their father of where they are. But uh, they run out of lighter fluid, and the fire dies before they can attract uh, his attention. Um, and then the hatch door suddenly gives way, and Marcus uh, falls into the silo. Um, that sound uh, distracts the creature that was stalking Evelyn in the house, um, but then draws it to Marcus and Reagan at the silo. Um, now Reagan, Reagan jumped in after Marcus and starts to sink into the corn, nearly suffocating, but Marcus manages to save her. Um, and her cochlear implant reacts um, in that moment to the proximity of the creature by emitting this high-frequency sound that drives it away. Uh, and this is one of, the, one of the first moments that we start to recognize um, a, a potential weakness uh, for the creatures. Um, they proceed to escape from the silo and, and reunite with uh, their father. Um, the creature then returns, attacks and wounds Lee, while Marcus and Reagan hide in the pickup truck. Uh, and after seeing his father wounded, Marcus um, shouts, you know, impulsively, uh, but understandably, as a, a you know, as a young boy, attracting the creature to the truck. Um, at that point, Lee, um, well, one of the most, I, I think, one of the most moving moments of the movie is uh, that moment when Lee signs to Reagan that he loves her and always has um, before oh, yeah. that. Um, gives this suicidal scream to draw the creature away from his kids. Um, and then the creature, hearing his voice, attacks and kills him. While Regan and Marcus roll the truck down to the hill and escape and reunite with their mother and the baby at the farmhouse. Um, so in, in in the ending scene, the four retreat to the house's basement. Um, and when the creature returns, Reagan, um, who realized the sound made by the implant distresses the creatures, switches the device back on and places it on this nearby microphone, amplifying the feedback. And um, so at that point, the, the creature exposes its flesh beneath its armored head, uh, allowing Evelyn to fatally shoot it uh, with a shotgun. Um, so the, the movie ends as we see the family viewing a CCTV monitor and showing the two other creatures attracted by the noise of the shotgun blast uh, approaching the house. These are the, because uh, I believe towards the beginning of the film, mm -hmm. Lee, Lee had mentioned that there were three confirmed creatures in the area. Um, and with their newly acquired knowledge of the creature's weakness, um, the members of the family arm themselves and prepare to, to fight back. And that's where we're, that's where we're left. Um, definitely a cliffhanger <laughs> i'll yeah. tell you for a movie of of its length it never lets up mm -hmm. it's, it's mm -hmm. 90 minutes of pure adrenaline i mean the first half hour you have no dialogue you know 
but just just the moments of the music and the, and the quiet and just the stillness it's just it's creepy it's just genuinely mm-hmm. creepy yeah 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 i i really um you know I, when i was watching it again for the second time um when i saw that it was only 90 minutes i had kind of forgotten how short it was compared to typical full-length features these days and um you know it just made me appreciate it all the more it's 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 uh it's just no nonsense right like a very right. lean movie um which i think are the, the best kind when it comes to thrillers um and it, it really it really felt like every shot uh had really been considered carefully um yeah, you know as, as, so. as the film ticked like this this clock um and um I, I just really really loved the the balance of the film and and the intentionality that the, the writers had in, in either building the intensity outright um in the latter half um, or um, just even, I felt like there was um, this subtle um, building of intensity in the first half, um, just by the mere fact that they were growing our connection with the family and the the intimacy of those relationships. Like, it was just, um, it was really well done. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, especially, I think right in that moment too, um, I don't know the exact minute mark that it really kicks in, but as soon as the, the creatures get to the house and all that stuff mm-hmm. starts happening, it never lets go till the end credits. Yeah, I feel like the. I'm trying to think the the big switch, I think is is when she steps in that nail. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that 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 was. Um, it's so funny how these these little, um, these little things become so huge. Like like the um, I didn't catch it the first time through, but the um, the timer, when she when she picked that up the first time I watched it through, I I didn't really. Um, know what she was intending to use it for but because I had a bit more of the pieces filled in for me the second time I'm like oh I know exactly what she's going to do with that timer um, mm-hmm. and that that and the nail I just felt like were, were used very very well <laughs> very much so very much so I, I agree and uh, you're right with every little shot that goes on in this film uh, it, every shot there was a lot of tension to detail mm-hmm. um, they were making sure to, to really film things specifically like even look at the scene where where uh, Evelyn is in the bathtub mm-hmm. and she's wanting to scream because of her contractions that mm-hmm. in the background, we see the shadow of the creature on the wall approaching down the hallway. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the little shots that just make this movie special yeah. and different from everything else we've usually seen before. what do you think of the, uh, the acting, Mike? Fantastic. I mean, again, like I said, 30 minutes of, of no dialogue. I mean, you got to have actors in there that really know what they're doing. They can do a lot of facial acting and, mm-hmm. and, and being able to capture moments without having to speak lines of dialogue. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, best performances, you know, the, I thought the kids were excellent. The kids, mm-hmm. I think, really stole this movie because they, especially uh, Regan, the daughter, yeah, um, look at that actress's name. A lot of the things she had to go through in this movie, the the, the range of emotions from beginning to end, uh, what she did really, I think in a way made her break this movie because the movie really does become a lot about her and mm. how she's feeling and her resentment towards her father and how that relationship is going to patch itself up before he is unfortunately killed. Mm, yeah, Um so that actress's name is Melissant Simmons, and she is actually um, deaf in real life. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, which I'm, I'm sure it helped in kind of the, yeah, kind of playing that particular role right. um, accu- accurately. Yeah, I, I agree. I think she did a, a fantastic job. Um, and uh, I think one of the most compelling aspects of the movie for me uh, in terms of um, 
deepening my appreciation for the 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 um, intimacy of the relationships and and the the dynamic within the family was her relationship with um, Krasinski's character Lee Lee, mm-hmm. um, the father. You know, I didn't again. I, I didn't really focus in on as uh, in on as much my first time that I watched the film because mm-hmm. um, I was just kind of taking in the storyline. But um, I tried to pay particular attention to it the second time because I knew where it would ultimately lead with his sacrificing himself in the end. Right. Um, and um, and it, it was really um, it was really well done. Uh, even even just uh, when they first had the when they had the first jump forward um, to from ninety some days to four hundred some days, um, I, no- I noticed that the the very first scene um, there's that moment when Evelyn asks um, asks um, Reagan to go let her father know that dinner's ready. Uh-huh. And I again I hadn't caught this the first time, but but you can see how much of a burden that little micro interaction. Um, between between Reagan and Lee was for her like she really gets upset that just about something so simple that she has to tell yeah. her dad that it's, it's dinner time um, and it just I, I think really flushes out how much their relationship had changed as a result of um, Bo's death um, and yeah like 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 you were saying just how much guilt is characterizing their interaction th- at that point right. in the movie yeah um, because each moment she shares with him um, like you said just simply you know with talking about going to dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. she she's looking for any reason to not really have to communicate with her father. She doesn't want any interaction with him whatsoever because she genuinely feels like that he does that he he blames her for what happened and that there's no love there. And yeah. you know, um, it's sad. It's sad, but it's very well captured between both actors. Very much so. Yeah. I found it very believable. Yeah, I, I think I was I was thinking about this today. One of the other things I really um, enjoyed about how they they wrote out the story mm-hmm. was. Um, there's that moment when, um, the other son, let me, let me try to remember his name. Um, not Bo, Marcus. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's that moment when, when Marcus and Lee are on their trip to the, the waterfall mm-hmm. and, and Marcus asks, um, Krasinski's character Lee, uh, if, if he blamed Reagan, um, and, and explained to him that, that she felt like he he was holding her responsible for Bo's death, right. and yeah. um, and I thought that was really interesting because it kind of to me the implication was that some 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 of um, Lee's behavior must be indicating not just to to Reagan that he blames her, but but must be apparent enough that that other members of the family are questioning his his assessment of of the cause of of Bo's death. Right. Um, and kind of kind of humanized, I feel like he humanized um, Lee's character for me in that um, he, he, even though I think a large part of the movie he's kind of cast as this perfect father, and in many ways he's he's a great father. Like he's he's constantly either um, protecting his his kids in the short term or or in the long term by by empowering them to to learn the skills they need to survive. But um, but that one moment, I think, uh, again, paint, painted the picture for me of, of a still to some degree flawed father um, that had that was wrestling on his own with how to respond to the this, this series of events from the, the start of the film of um, his younger son's death. Um, so I, I thought that was neat. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. One hundred percent. Yeah. But um, yeah, so kind of talking about that, I wanted to get your thoughts, Mike, on on something. I was looking at some of their reviews of the film, and there's 
the, the vast majority had very, very good things to say. There was one um, publicized negative review. Um, mm, really? Yeah. Um, and when Krasinski was actually taken off guard by it because he, he hadn't heard about it until an interview that he was um, that he was going through for a TV show. But uh, let me bring this up here. Um, it's by a gentleman named Richard Brody. I'm not sure. Are you okay. familiar with that critic? No. Okay, not, I, I wasn't either. But in any case, um, he actually um, wrote that in, in as much as its symbolic realm is both... Um, um, yeah, so, so, I'm sorry. Let me, let me back up. Um, a Quiet Place, for its central narrative, was about a white family with guns protecting their home from a bunch of big, dark, stealthy, predatory creatures. Um, and so he, he said that the, the film actually had, in his words, the whitest voice in, in film since the release wow. of Martin McDonagh's Three Billboards <laughs> Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I was kind of taken aback by it, too. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. And I, you know, I, I, I tried to reflect on it a little bit because I realized that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not traditionally or, or consciously looking for that lens when I'm right. watching films. But, um, but it was interesting. And, and part of me was like, okay, it's, it's one critic's take on it. So I, I felt like others probably would have caught on to it if, if it was um, uh, a legitimate critique. But in any case, it got me thinking. And mm-hmm. um, so I read a little bit more and Krasinski did actually respond to it. Uh, again, he was, he was kind of taken aback a little bit um, when it was brought up to him, but he, he responded by, by essentially explaining that um, the, the metaphor that was supposed to be present in the film wasn't so much about any political theme um, mm-hmm. as it was about a, a metaphor for parenthood um, right. and the, the, the typical challenges that um, parents go through in, in raising kids of, of trying to simultaneously balance um, protecting them. And like I said, in the short term, like what, mm-hmm. what are they needing to do now to keep their kids um, safe while also working to empower your kids and prepare, um, you know, preparing them for the long term. And mm-hmm. what steps do we need to take now to ensure that they can function as adults in the world that we live in? And, you know, I, the, the quote that um, Evelyn, Blunt's character, made in the middle of the film was, what, what are we um, mm-hmm. if, uh, if we can't protect them? And um, so I, I, I just thought it was, it was neat to hear Krasinski's thoughts on, on how um, there's a, um, a major theme um, where there, there was some intentionality around that theme in the film of, of really flushing into it. When you, when you talk about protecting your kids, um, there's, there's some, some complexity to that. And, right. and I think that like, kind of getting back to his character, I, I think that he, he himself did a great job of, of balancing the, the two elements of that of, you know, there's, there's a short term um, approach to that. And then there's a long term approach to that um, where we, we need to ultimately teach our kids um, the, the skills um, that they need to need to become familiar with. So right, yeah, yeah, very very much so. Um, I mean, it's like that that in particular view. It's it's almost like the critic was looking for uh, literal literal ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you'll notice too with a lot of different critics too. Sometimes critics will go off on on that literal basis, and they will they will never accept the movie for what it is. They'll always look for something that's not there, or or, or whatnot. But considering, I mean, that seems like it was like one of the only negative reviews, which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I'm looking. It's here, always it's, one. There's always <laughs> one. 
Rotten Tomatoes gave the movie a 95% based on 366 reviews. That's that's Jeez. incredible. Yeah. It's a pretty high bar for the second movie to have. But everything that I've heard about the second movie, they said not only is it as good as the first movie, but it even tops it. So that's mm. that's good. That's good news. Because sequels mm. rarely ever live up to their predecessors, especially something as, as special as this movie. Yeah. So what's your um, kind of um, bit of a, a segue, Mike, but what did you think of the the soundtrack? So it, the, the score was by a Marco Beltrami. Um, what, were, what were some of your thoughts on the, the music? Um, I remember um, I remember feeling like in each individual scene uh, that without the music, this movie movie wouldn't work i mean the, the silence in this movie is deafening and, and it and it does work but the pieces of music throughout certain parts of this movie and how you get the gradual build is the reason why we grasps our seat during those mm. during those sequences but there was something really special about this music it was a different soundtrack than anything i've ever heard before yeah yeah um and his soundtracks usually are almost always good but there was something a little different about this compared to what else he's done in the past mm-hmm. and uh in a way i feel like it kind of had to considering the uh the material that he had to that he had to build music for um right. yeah I, th- I think um the the music in some ways um was a a, a bit predictable and that the the surges in sound were all or, or in music were always at moments that um would have been intense on their own there wasn't really any surprises with the soundtrack for me um but i did really one of, one of the parts that i really enjoyed most was actually towards the beginning there's a, a score um mm-hmm. and again it's towards the beginning of um, towards the beginning of the film, and is, is playing underneath um, so the, one of the moments where we, we kind of see the family um, going through life together, um, playing board games together. And um, what I thought was kind of cool about the, the the music and how it mirrored the scene was that we have this kind of very beautiful and floaty theme, melodic right. theme, being played by an in-tune piano, but there's these little bursts of an out-of-tune piano um, kind of overlaying it um, uh, periodically. And for, for me, um, the impression I got was that of, of this life as a family that in many ways is as beautiful as any life as a family. There's, there's intimacy there and there's connectedness, but there's also um, this, um, things are slightly off eerie um there yeah there's there's this eeriness and there's there's a sense in which even if even if this family's um way of coming at the current circumstances together is a beautiful thing it's still it still ought not to be um right and um i just really i i always like when composers um do do a good job using music to enhance the the portrait being painted by the the film itself um very much so so yeah yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. The music definitely makes this film um, gives the movie that punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, what do you think was the most impactful moment in the film for you, Mike? Um, I think the one scene that probably really got me. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the father's death mm-hmm. really took me because I remember the first time I had saw it in the theater. Um, you know, um, at the time we really didn't know if a sequel was coming, you know, mm-hmm. it, it felt like it might be a one-off one and done until the movie really ends. And we kind of get the sense that a cliffhanger and the, and the sequel would be coming. Yeah. But, uh, for somebody as big of an actor as, uh, uh, Krasinski, 
I don't think I necessarily anticipated him to go out like that. <laughs> um, but uh, that really got me. And, and then seeing the kids witness that, that, you know, it, it, it was powerful. It was yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. I think, I think the moment probably would have been a little bit cliche if it hadn't been for the um, dynamic that the, that they'd been building between Reagan and, and Lee. Um, I think very the, much so. yep. I think, I think going back to that, that um, guilt that had, really characterized their relationship. I think that for me was what made that, that moment where he not only sacrificed himself, but, but used that last moment to have a very intimate moment with his daughter specifically, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that she understood that he had always loved her. I think that, that, that really, um, that really was what made it a, it, it, a, it a beautiful moment for me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, uh, I, I it, it's just, yeah. Uh, I, I think it was neat that again it was it was just between him and Reagan. I mean, he he had an opportunity to tell both of his kids that he loved them mm-hmm. um, in that, but he chose specifically to share it with Reagan. Um, yeah, I that's, uh, just thought that was really cool. And and even um, kind of moving onward, I think that that moment where we see Reagan come across his research in his mm-hmm. in his in his workroom for the first time, where she sees. Um, how how much effort he put into trying to help her overcome the the challenges of her disability yes. um mm-hmm. i think that that kind of cemented in um the this theme of of how deeply he had loved his daughter and for and for how long you know and i and and they, and they did a great job of 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 um of showing us how much that impacted reagan um, because that was the one moment where she actually, we actually see her crying. Um, right. was not, uh, was not in the immediate moment. I'm sure, um, she could have cried when, when John died, but I, I thought that was really neat that the moment that she, that they chose to show us, um, her shedding a tear was the moment when she fully realized how very long, um, her father had worked for her, uh, benefit. Um, right. And yeah, I just, I just thought it was those those last um 20 to 30 minutes of the film are are really very sweet ones <laughs> very very much very much engaging and uh i think one of the only other parts that really got me especially was again um uh, her being in the bathtub having the contractions having the child mm-hmm. and, and and the genuine fear of i cannot scream even though i am in absolute terrible pain but yeah. if i do I'm done. And then that scene where she finally lets out that scream and the mm-hmm. scene cuts away, I'm like, oh, no, don't even tell me we're going to find out that, that she's gone and the baby's dead, too. Mm. I really thought they might go there with that, um, considering this movie seemed like it was not holding back from what it wanted to do. Yeah, right. You know? Uh, yeah. So, I, um, yeah. And I, and you know what? Now you're saying that, I think kind of going back to the um, – the, uh, death of the the youngest son in the very beginning of Bo's death i think that's what really left us hanging on the edge of our seat for the rest of the film i think that those first five first five minutes the fact that they were willing to kill off the youngest kid uh, not not an adult but the youngest kid right uh, which was a very a very sad scene i think left us uncertain for the rest of the film of um what what could happen 
um, for each of the characters. So yeah, you're right. I, I think that the first time I, I watched it, um, I remember um, really, really being hopeful that that she wouldn't die, but but uncertain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very much. So. So okay. Well. Um... What What are some things that you're kind of hoping? Um, happen or or don't happen for the sequel um well based upon even like the trailer that i saw from the trailer i already got something that um i'm kind of glad that they're going to show uh in the trailer they kind of show going back how it started um we get a scene of uh krasinski looks like he appears in the movie yet again Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, really? it's, it, obviously it's a flashback because oh, we know it's dead. Okay. But, um, I was going to say that was one of the things <laughs> I was hoping wouldn't happen was that they would. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, it'd be interesting for them to explain how he survived that. <laughs> I don't think they could pull that one off. But uh, but I'd be kind of glad to see, you know, we're going to see how things progressed, how things got to the way they did um, and where the world ended up being. So they're going to show that. Um, I'm also hoping to that they're going to get into more of the origins of the creatures, where they came from, mm-hmm. what their motivation is, yep. why they came to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really the big picture of what did they come to earth really wanting? What was their goal? What was their mission? What did they come here for that they needed? Do they need something to survive? They needed earth's atmosphere. They need our resources. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I highly doubt they're just aliens that came here because they wanted to kill. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that would be something that would just be overly generic. Uh, but I'd like to see all that come out, and I don't know if I don't know if part two is going to give us all that because if there's going to be a part three, they got to, of course, save something there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I also like to know what can they do to take these things down. We know sound is also an issue for them, but mm-hmm. is there something more we can do to really make them feel really a threat across the world? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be interested to see how they handle. Um... Evelyn's character needing to um, simultaneously continue leading um, her older kids, but also taking care of a of an infant. Um, oh yeah, very much. you know, up yeah. up until up until this point, she and Lee were working together to kind of balance those you know those two things. Like she was protecting the baby while he was protecting the other two, and and you know, um, but at this point, we 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 don't have Lee anymore, so she's going to have to somehow make it work with all three kids so uh, i yeah I'm, I'm interested to see how that changes the dynamic for for their family and i'm, I'm betting that reagan's going to take on a bit more of a leadership role yeah uh, but um yeah i'm i'm actually kind of hopeful that um i'm hopeful that that will that there'll be a way for um reagan to um hear by the end of the film because i yeah. think there were there yeah. were a couple there were a couple parts d- despite the fact that her her deafness is actually a blessing for the family and i think that was one of the one of the few reasons why they probably survived was because they knew asl um mm-hmm. so it, in some ways it was it was a really good thing that she was deaf but um but i think we also saw a couple scenes in the film where it was obvious that there were some really um obvious weaknesses you know where there was a creature right behind her uh, in the cornfield when she was in the path and right. it, it just so happened that she didn't make any noise and if she had she probably would have died oh um, yeah absolutely like she she would have had no idea that it was there so i i think it for for um her character's long-term survival um it, at least in, until these the world is rid of these things um, or she enters enters a community where she's protected from these things i feel like it's going to be important for her to be able to f- find um 
yeah, find a way to cope with that, even if it's not hearing. So some some way of being able to um, be in, you know, become increasingly independent um, mm -hmm. in order to survive. So. Yeah, I could definitely see um, her becoming that in, in that leader role uh, because, I mean, I could see that maybe maybe they'll throw a twist in this movie, but say if the mother dies, mm -hmm. you know, um, she might have to take it upon herself to be able to take care of her brother and, and, yeah. and the child and then be, maybe be one of those ones that's going to help uh, the people rise up against these creatures. Yeah. Um, but, you're, but you're right, though. It's going to be very interesting to see how the whole infant – uh, part of the storyline works because as we know babies especially, especially they, they cry a lot they they're not quiet so yeah um it's gonna be very interesting to see how that's gonna be handled yeah yeah so yeah i'm trying to think of other things um i think yeah yeah i i, I like what you mentioned about the origin um i think it's always satisfying to have a bit more of an explanation um behind those things so um, kind of jumping back to um, a quiet place. Uh, I wanted to also get your thoughts on the uh, the setting, um, just the the farm and and uh, I guess the the choice of where everything took place. Um, if you had any thoughts on that, yeah, I very much liked where they shot this because I think it it very much fit the mold. Mm -hmm. It very much fit where um, you know where where things like this should take place. I think the setting was very important to capture. Um, this movie because if it took place like in a city or mm -hmm. a house in the city, it wouldn't have had the same impact. I mean, we've had movies similar to this, like I am legend Will Smith. We've had right, where he's right. lived in a house in the city and we, we've been there and we've done that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not specifically sure the, uh, where the movie was shot. I'm, I'm looking through it now. It looks to me like, uh, it says right here on Wikipedia, actually mm -hmm. production took place from May to November of 2017 Mm -hmm. in Dutchess and Ulster counties in upstate New York. Hmm. Filmmakers spent their budget locally, including a purchase of 20 tons of corn, which they hired local farmers to grow. Oh Some filming took place on a soundstage in the town of Pauling in Dutchess County, as well as on location in the country city of Beacon. Filming also took place on the Wellick Wall Krill Valley Rail Trail in New Paltz of Ulster County using the Springtown Trust Bridge. Also, other places that were filmed were Main Street and Little Falls in uh, Hermaker County, New York. Hmm. Um, and then they shot at a house. It looks like the house they used. Um, it doesn't say where the house was, but they have a picture of it on Wikipedia. Hmm. And uh, it, it's really, really cool looking. Uh, it looks yeah. like it's in Dutchess County in New York is, is the house they did, in fact, use. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I like the setting a lot. I, I think it... it... Um, felt like a, a real type of like you were saying a real type of setting where uh, this this sort of survival could happen for a family. Mm -hmm. um, I think someone having a a farm versus living in more of an urban setting probably would have been a, a bit more flexible and adaptable mm -hmm. um, and able to respond to how the world was changing around them. Um, I actually um, this this is a bit of a segue, but I, I particularly enjoyed um, the scene with um, Lee and and Marcus the waterfall, mm -hmm. um, where uh, they were kind of um, on that little uh, adventure together, or I guess training expedition. Um, and uh, I I particularly appreciated the the moments where we we saw sound. Or kind of mm -hmm. um, where sound came into play, um, 
which that, that, that one comes to mind because it was one of the few moments where he and his son were able to talk freely, even mm-hmm. yell, even yell freely. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I really liked the setting a lot. I, I, I enjoyed um, how they used like the, the sound of the river and the waterfall and the leaves um, mm-hmm. in that very rural setting um, to, um, yeah, to, to, to great effect. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed too that scene with uh, with Regan and her father where they're down. Well, not Regan and the father, but um, when Re- when the father takes the kids down to the waterfall, yeah. and uh, having to use that so before they can communicate and talk, mm-hmm. uh, that's something else really really cool that I found to be a, a neat addition to the movie because to the lengths they have to go in order yeah. to just have a conversation in mm-hmm. this world is, is is crazy. Yeah, it really is crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else that uh, stood out to you, Mike? Um, I, I'm very impressed by uh, Krasinski with all this mm. because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he took it upon himself to not only direct and write it, but also to be a star in it, uh, to be the triple threat. You don't usually see actors. Um, you'll see actors become directors and writers, but never really pull the three-part act in one film. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really it's not something they ever really do. And uh, Emily Blunt, who plays his wife, is actually his real-life wife as yeah. well. Right. So um, I, th- I think that that also really helps their chemistry and the way they mm-hmm. operate as a couple in this movie. And uh, it really was genius casting his wife in this role because yeah. I don't think anybody else could have really pulled off what they pull off together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been it's been neat kind of getting to see Krasinski's career develop because I I remember the first couple of times I saw him act after The Office, mm-hmm. um, that it was it was a bit of a challenge for me to kind of um, see him outside of that. See, yeah, see him outside of that. It was just a little bit strange. Um, I think the first was uh, was he in Soldiers of Benghazi? Um, oh yeah, fifteen a, hours. Yeah, fifteen hours. Yes, yeah. Um, that and then Jack Ryan. Um, yeah, were, big uh, just, source for him. Yeah, big big detours, and and so I, uh, but by the time I I watched A Quiet Place, I was a bit more um, used to it. Uh, but it's just been he's he's a, a very good actor. I, I've, yes. I'm impressed as I kind of consider the the different roles he's played, um, that he does have quite a bit of versatility. Um, so, very much. yeah, Emily too. Emily's Emily's a, they're they're both fantastic. Um, act, they're they're both fantastic. <laughs> At acting yeah i think you're right i think the combination of their their skill with um, their natural chemistry um from their marriage in in real life um just made a really powerful combination <laughs> it's interesting too because um there's there's a rumor flying around uh in the marvel verse again uh that they're going to do fantastic four and they want huh. krasinski to play mr fantastic and they want oh, him to play uh sue storm oh nice so uh they've That'd done some cool. There's been some fan manipulations of pictures and stuff, and they actually look like they fit the role. I actually hope there might be some truth to that because, uh, <laughs> as we know, Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm become an item when they get married later on. So, again, it makes sense. Get your wife in there and let's just do it all over again. <laughs> well, that definitely that, – that film definitely needs a reboot in any case. I think yeah, any, uh, any, any combination of actors and actresses would be a, an enhancement. <laughs> yeah, especially that last one they made, uh, when they tried to make semi-serious – yeah, that, that that film was was a mess. Uh, the, the, the the final act was I hate to say it. The final act was kind of a joke, mm-hmm. you know, and for a movie trying to distance itself from the cheesier ones before. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't mind the cheesier ones before because they're more comic booky. Yeah. Um, when they tried to go that dark direction with this with the other one just mm-hmm. didn't work. Yeah. Right. To do that. That's not 
just any average Joe's job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh. No, I'm mm. trying to think if there's any other. Yeah, nothing yeah. really big controversial here. Uh, mm-hmm. Just, I guess, just basically, you know, the ending. You know, uh, finding out what their weaknesses are, and then uh, mm-hmm. I never expected seeing this movie that we were going to get everything ending in the middle of the action. I did not see that really happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Definitely, like I said, definitely a cliffhanger, but one that. Um, as I as I thought about it, could have been could have technically been left as a standalone. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely was the type of cliffhanger that didn't necessitate a sequel. Um, but I I liked the ending a lot. Um, I think it it let it left a lot of room for the imagination. And um, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see how they follow it up. Um, I, I think with with all these uh, with 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 these this particular. Um, um, set of actors and actresses coming back i think that it'll it'll probably be just as good the second one <laughs> well what's what's uh, very interesting about the sequel as well an interesting fact is uh mm-hmm. after the first one was a hit and krasinski was telling making a sequel mm-hmm. there were talks that the next movie might be with a different set of people oh really and uh i mean again i i looked at that and i'm like well, I mean, we kind of have some unresolved issues with the family at the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are they just going to write in that, oh, they, they died fighting for the farm or they're off doing mm-hmm. something else? I, I was kind of disappointed to do that, even though I get, OK, let's follow different people might bring something interesting to the table. But do you really want to let go of the ones you've already established? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So, much. so mm-hmm. it was a breath of fresh air when it came out that it would follow the core group and be a true sequel. But yeah. uh, but yeah. Thank- that happened. I'm I, I'm glad too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the last time that that um the the last film I can think of where they did a transition uh, with with the cast mid series was with Batman uh, after Batman Begins when Katie Holmes stepped out. Um, yeah. And I remember it being yeah being strange. So I'm glad that they um, swayed away from that. <laughs> well, I will I'll lay down a couple facts here on the uh, on the sequel with the coming the sequel. So sure. Um, I'll give a little brief synopsis of what Paramount Pictures has given us. It's just uh, following the deadly events at home, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue their fight for survival in silence. Forced to venture into the unknown, they quickly realize that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Mm. So it might be more creatures of different types of really? uh, species wow. or something like that. Um, Interesting. There are there are a couple new characters added to the mix this time around. Uh, Killian Murphy, who played Scarecrow in Batman Begins. Oh, really? Okay. He's playing the character of Emmett. He described the character of Emmett, uh, where Emmett represents the heart of the world. The heart of the world lies right now, which is finally feeling like they've given up. Here mm-hmm. comes this girl, Regan, who allows you to believe in more and allows you to believe in yourself. That idea I've always been enthralled by. So it goes on to describe. Wow. Regan, and Regan described her character's evolution from the first film as being, she has a lot of pressure to become an adult very quickly. She Mm -hmm. has more of a leading role in the sequel. Deafness and ACL are inherently linked to the heroism of of her, Mm -hmm. and Simmons worked with an ASL coach to make sure her singing and articulation were clean. She -hmm. said she felt a sense of pressure being in a position to represent the deaf and the hard of hearing. Singing. Wow. I wonder if that's going to play into also knocking the enemies down. Um, 
And then the other brother, Marcus, returns. Uh, Dijamon Hanzu, who, uh, if you've ever seen The Island, he played the... Um, yeah. Uh, I forget what character he played in The Island. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. the, uh, the black guy, the bald black guy. Cool. Yeah, he's playing in it, and then it, it describes one more character, and it, it describes Lee Abbott again. Mm. So, Evelyn's deceased husband and Regan and Marcus's father, he appears in newly filmed flashback sequences depicting mm. the days when the creatures first arrived. Ah, oh, great. He said he wrote himself into the sequel because the first film was such a personal experience and his love letter to his children. He mm. said, it was really important for me to continue the metaphor, and we actually start dealing with how it all started. Mm, cool. Well, there we have it. There's some origin stories. <laughs> very excited. Sounds like yeah. it's really good. Sounds good like it's stuff. a lot. I wonder if it'll be a longer film this time. That's Sounds like a lot to. Uh, yeah. Do you say length? Like, yes, yeah, so the running time is 96 minutes, so about six minutes yeah. long. First one. Not, yeah, still not too long. Huh. Uh, that's good. I'm glad they're kind of continuing the pattern of, of making sure that the content is, is quality the whole way through. No fluff. <laughs> and I think too the speedier the speedier um, pacing is good yeah. for a film like this because it keeps the thrills going and we're not going to have long droughts of of nothing yeah. going on. So right, uh, right, very much so good idea. Yeah. Huh. But the film something else sets up for fourth now as long as nothing else pushes it back again. But uh, yeah. hopefully we're going to get September finally. So that's oh. that's <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, I think that basically sums up a quiet place in a nutshell. <laughs> a lot uh, more to be said, but a lot more to be said. I think part two, a lot more to talk about. Um, so, so much what we should do for our next podcast. Uh, we we did say we want to bring Dan in as a three way mm-hmm. Skype here and be able to talk about something good. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to talk to him and see what he would be interested in doing. Sure. Um, and we'll start talking about something that'll be that'll be a fun podcast to kind of go with a three-way conversation. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Sounds good. All right, well, thanks, well, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming back, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Same here. <laughs> very much so. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Lights, Camera, Action, Entertainment podcast. Listen to our uh, reviews and read our reviews at lcmoviereviews.com. Have a good night, everybody, and stay safe from the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs>